It is Tuesday, February. Wait, it's not Tuesday. (laughs) 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 Off to a great start. That's right. Time traveled. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. It's, um, (laughs) it's whatever. It's February 18th. I think it's a Thursday or something, probably, because we're recording a podcast. Mm. Uh, I'm Commander J.N. Trax, and this is uh, Loose Screws. I was really, <laughs> man, I felt really confident too going into it. Anyway, uh, joining me tonight, a bit of a skeleton crew, uh, we have Commander Diva Looter. Hello. Oh, seven commanders. Actually, this is, <laughs> might be the first time this skeleton crew was the skeleton crew. Normally it's other people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also here, Commander Nurgle. Hello. Greetings and salutations. There you go. Uh, yeah, everybody else and that's is either, it. <laughs> yeah, either <laughs> encapsulated in ice or, yeah. I don't know, I guess too exhausted from breaking themselves out of their ice prisons yeah. <laughs> um, to, to be here. Um, you know, yeah, a lot of a, people a lot of the from crew, uh, Texas on this show, apparently. Yeah, and and even the ones who aren't from Texas didn't didn't get a lot of uh, great weather either. So um, things are a little rough and unusual in parts of the United States, and um, you know some parts of the United States when they get a couple of inches of snow, it's enough to knock everything to the ground. No, I don't yeah. mean to minimize what's going on in Texas because obviously it's like serious business. And anytime you have um, power outages that last more than an hour or two, you you know. Frankly, like yeah. I always think that there are serious medical concerns with stuff like that. You know, not yeah. only that, yeah. but once every kid's switch uh, runs out of batteries, that's hell on earth. Oh, then the emotional <laughs> problems set in. Oh, terrible, terrible stuff. Well, um, nevertheless, the galaxy still turns. Oh man, I think I have to start another podcast. Uh, okay, never mind that. Uh, so, um, this week, uh, we have, well, everything's pretty much, you know, ticking along as it was. Um, and I have, um, some notes and, and we'll, we'll go through it. So, you know, what, whatever, I mean, distant screws, uh, everybody's still exploring. We know Devo has been back for ages. How, how is, how are things on the home front, Devo Looter? I've actually, for the past, uh, uh, honesty for honesty's sake, uh, I, I suffered a little burnout uh, when I returned from the expedition. And so I've split my time between uh, Elite Dangerous and uh, a game that I was hoping to reserve for the PS5, but it looks like I'm not going to get one of those until maybe this coming Christmas. So uh, I've been mm-hmm. playing... Uh, um, Oh, sh- shit. It's called uh, Ghost of Tsushima. And I 100%ed it last night. Oh, you so, mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've been kind of splitting time, but now that I've finished it, I'm, I'm and, you know, spent a little time away. I, I don't know if we've ever even talked about, you know, what to do when you play this game so much as we do. That when you yeah. suffer burnout, it's like, uh, 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 you, you almost feel like there's something wrong with you, especially in my case where I'm the person in charge of the, the PlayStation squadron. And I almost feel like I'm letting mm-hmm. them down if I don't 
check in every day, which at the very least I'll do. I'll check in, see if there's any applications into the squadron. I'll run a mission or two. And then I'll go, ah, that's it. I, I need to extend my break, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. but that's what's been going that's on for fine. a couple. That's totally fine, though. Yeah. Other than that, it's for, the past, yeah, for, the past, well, for the past week, actually, I've been participating in um, the federal, you know, because I role play a little bit as a federalist. I mean, I don't dress up, but you get what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you dress, though, right? Do you, do you, I do put on please. pants sometimes. Yeah. And uh, okay. so I've been doing the that CG. It's officially over. I'll get to that with the Galmet. But uh, yeah, things are cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, no, I mean the the check in. How you been? Is is probably how I should be introing these things. Of course, like whatever's whatever's going on. What's new? What's shaking? <clears throat> as, as one of my podcast friends always says, uh, Nurgle, what's been going on in your neck of the woods? Oh uh, yeah. Well, we down here had the edge of that cold blast that that's currently ravaging you know texas and the rest of the country but i mean we got down into the teens so nothing like what they had and yeah you know, it's been a long time since you know I, I was born and raised down here in what we call la lower alabama yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's la y'all um and, you know, la y'all we get we get know about you know once every 15 years so uh that's about God, what we, we get here in las vegas yeah i mean if if we got what they got in texas it, it would be just as bad here because i mean i just nothing down here is even built to handle that stuff we had an ice storm a couple of years ago where there was about a half an inch of ice and i mean power lines came down trees were casting off unwanted limbs you know yeah because nothing is built to handle that so I mean, well, the- okay, but to, you know, to be fair, um, I grew up in New England, uh, near the seacoast of New Hampshire, and where they are very used to winter weather, uh, a layer of ice will take down tree limbs and power that's lines. That's true. Yeah, in any place. Yeah, yeah, like, it doesn't take much. In in parts of I live in Cincinnati now, and there's large sections here where um, the power lines have all been moved underground, and yeah. that is about the only thing you can do realistically. Yeah. And there are still neighborhoods where that isn't the case, and they have above ground lines, and that still affects us sometimes. It's it's pretty right. stable, but um, we you know this in this place they <clears throat> they get some snow. Um, I don't think I had to shovel at all last year, but. This year, I've already had to shovel three times. It's been wow significant. Um, it's not it's not a lot of snow to me, um, but I I didn't move away from New England because I was going to miss the snow. <laughs> you know, so I was like, when people are like, "Oh my God, look at all this," I don't I don't uh, sass them. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I'm the same way because you know I'm down here in hurricane country. So a lot of our power lines are underground too. But you know, I had remember yeah. years ago I had a, a friend of mine in California I was like, "Aren't you going to have to evacuate? There's a hurricane coming in." I'm like, dude, it's a Category Two. I'm going to work. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the equivalent of a 4.0 earthquake. I mean, <clears throat> but uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been an interesting week because this place doesn't handle cold like that very well, and a lot of weird people get strange. Huh? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Tra- hey, track. Since you're always directing traffic, no one ever asks you what you're up to. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Well, in in game, I've I've just been bumming around. Yeah, um, I I did um, I played the other night uh, and just kind of did random missions and stuff like that around Colonia. Just it's sort of like living. Like, what would I do if I actually like lived out here? You know. Um, although I do only have I have my one ship, uh, my uh, combat capable exploration Cobra, but. It was pretty fun. Um, I also got to play some Half-Life Alex. Um, started a started what I hope to continue as a, a stream series alternating off of um, Elite, where I, I'm going to try to do a whole playthrough of, of Half-Life Alex on stream, on Twitch, mm. uh, which should be fun. It seemed to be fun for the people who hung out on that night. Um can I ask, did you, so you're yeah. out at Colonia, that means you and Lark Shadow had your, your fight to the death. No, no, we didn't, but it's, so uh, earlier, earlier today, earlier tonight, I was doing my other podcast, I record uh, the Tone Control uh, also on Thursdays, but every other week. So anyway, so we're sort of in the middle of it over there, and I see a ping in the Loose Screws Discord from Lark saying, hey man, like, I'm here. Like, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> it's like live on the podcast, like, oh my God, somebody's challenging <clears throat> me to a duel in space right now. <laughs> That's a great um, sentence but, to be able to say out loud. Isn't it? It, it is. It was extremely dramatic um, on a show that has nothing to do with this game. Um, but whatever, I, I talk about it anyway. So, <laughs> no, that was that was funny. Um, we need to schedule it. He just forgot that Thursday was, was podcasting day. Um, ah, but I, I actually, I'm hoping we can do that maybe either Monday or Tuesday. I'm not sure which. Um, because I think, it, I think he, I, I saw him in uh, Discord explaining that he was knocking out some uh, of the uh, engineers. So I guess yeah, he'll be there for a minute. Oh, sure. Well, and, and this coming um, Friday, so not... We're recording this on Thursday, not tomorrow, but the next Friday is the um, the meetup event at Evelyn's Light for the expedition, oh, cool. um, for the Distance Cruise expedition. So um, we we weren't going to do it, do our fight on that. That would be wildly inappropriate, right, to do that. But on yeah. some sort of adjacent, either before or after. So maybe we can get something going. Um, I thought other people. It seems there seems to be plenty of interest um, for other people. Having maybe a series of of PvP things, yeah. Um, And we'll just be the tip of the iceberg, I guess. Um, This thing that we've planned for so long now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, not on Distance Screws 1 is where I uh, bought a a Fertilance. And I bought it when I was in Colonia specifically just to do, um, knock out all the engineers. And I think I did it all within a week. I can't recommend that stuff to all of the newer players enough if you... Don't have those engineers out in Colonia. I mean, one specifically is very important for your, um, what is it? Is it shield till banks or shield S- boosters? Cell yeah. banks, cell banks. banks grade four. You, it's the only way you can get to that. And then I think actually life support grade five, you can't get yes. anywhere outside of Colonia, I think. Correct. Those are the Correct. two that you have to get here. Right. You can only do so, up to grade three on cell banks back in the bubble. Yeah, so if you're still like a, a newer player and you're like, oh, I'm not going to wait on engineering, yeah, that's fine. Knock some of them out, but eventually you're going to have to take that lonely trip all the way out to 
Colonia and take care of some of those engineers out there. Just make sure you pin your blueprints. Yeah. And I should say, if if you are planning on doing the engineers, or even if you're not actually planning on doing the engineers, but you're just kind of, you know, engineer adjacent (laughs) while you're in Colonia, um, we loaded Chig's carrier with osmium, and you need 10 of Mm -hmm. them to unlock Marsha Hicks. So it's only a mining available commodity. So if you're out here and you meet all the other requirements, get with Chig so he can turn it on on his carrier, pick up your 10 units of osmium, and just go knock that out. I mean, that, that'll be a right, real right. easy one. Yeah, that's a cool service. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, oh, um, um, pinning engineers. Um, one thing that has happened sometimes is, and I'm not sure if this is still kind of a running bug, um, but people would find that they go somewhere, they pin an engineer, and then later, maybe it's the next time they play, maybe it's the next station they dock at, they realize that the pin didn't take for some Mm. reason. So, um, like I said, I don't know if this is a bug that has since been fixed because there have been several patches and updates since this used to be a common thing that we talked about, but I still always mention, um, whenever I pin a blueprint at any engineer, no matter what, I will uh, just menu log right then. And I've done this two dozen times since I started having this policy. One of those times, I logged back in and the pin didn't exist. Hmm. And I was able to save it. You know, I pinned it again, menu logged, yes. now it works. Okay, you're good, you know. Um, but uh, it matters. It's annoying in the bubble. It is devastating if you pinned a Colonia engineer and then left. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> found that it didn't take. So um, menu log to check your pins, everyone. Ironically, the trip to Colonia, after you've done it twice, doing it a third time is like, ah, it's no big deal. <laughs> it's really, yeah. yeah it's, it's not that big really of a deal anymore. Uh, I remember doing it the first time and going like, this is forever. But when I did it recently, I mean, I was, I went through every one of those waypoints in what, less than a week? Yeah, you ripped right through it. Yeah. That's yeah. unusually fast. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't doing, I wasn't like not living a life or anything. I, it's just like I put in the time, I guess, and knocked it out. It wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. earlier this week I had some time to play, so I said, screw it. Got off a Dub's carrier and did the last, I don't know, 75-ish odd jumps from wherever he was to Colonia in an afternoon. It's not that bad. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I... Did the whole thing not in a carrier, in a in a forty six light year Cobra? It's fine. Yep. It's fine to do that. Yeah, it's pretty impressive that you get forty six light years out of that and have weapons. He's yeah. strapped. Uh, I have uh, oh, oh, about five hundred and fifty DPS. On this Man, that's crazy. Is it all uh, <laughs> what frag cannons? It is. It is uh, the the lightweight high cap missile launcher. The mm-hmm. one that is the current CG reward now, the one or the the one that was the CG reward then, I had that right. one unit of it. Um, it's that, uh, although I changed the special effect to drag drive and drag munitions, I should say, a- and the rest are frags. Yes, um, I have two. The smalls are gimbled because I found that they were really kind of far out to the side, and then mm-hmm. I, I left. I left the the other size two hard point. With a fixed frag, I'll aim. I'll aim that myself for the extra damage. Thanks. Right. <laughs> they all overcharged. Yeah, 
Uh, yes, yes. All yes. overcharged. Uh, one has corrosive. One of the small ones has corrosive. The other small one has drag. And then I think I just put strip down on the big one. I didn't need anything else. Um, it saves, you know, tenth of a ton or something. Not, not a lot. <laughs> Two tenths of a ton. Um, but whatever. I, I didn't care. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and it's a pretty effective little number. I've got something like, I've only got like 163 megajoules of shields on it. And it's all kitted out for exploration other than that. And I have had it in res sites now for quite a bit. Um, it is not the sort of thing that you can take on kind of multiple targets in at no. the same time, at least not for very long. Um, I did the other day, I said I was missioning around. Um, one of them was like a pirate massacre mission and I was like, well, we'll be able to do this in a res site. Um, but the the faction that I wanted just wasn't turning up. So I followed the the signal source beacon they gave me. And Chig was out and winged up with me and brought his uh Corvette <laughs> to the fight. We were supposed to kill 10 of these people. Um we dropped in on this signal source that had like eight pirate ships in it in the middle of nowhere. And of course they all start lighting me up because I'm carrying a uh, 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 rare cargo. <laughs> I'm yeah, carrying right. uh, Shan's orchid. Um, so Chig's there like essentially backing me up with literally a battle Corvette. And I still, I still lost the shield. I, I had to, I, I didn't run like um, super cruise, but I had to leave the fight. Uh, the, luckily the, the Cobra also um, boosts at about 630 meters per second. Yeah, that helps. So that's that's necessary because with two or three of those ships firing on me, the shield was going to go very, very quickly. And, and I'm assuming you obviously it. don't have any hull reinforcements, obviously. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I, I heavy-dutied the lightweight hull because that's free. Right. Um, but that's it. And I only have – I have heat sink and then the other um, – He's sinking a shield booster, so I don't have chaff or anything on here. So really, it's, this it really is like it's an exploration ship, but it has guns. Like really, really, what's going to happen in this this fight between you and Lark Shadow is that <laughs> whoever hits first wins, basically. Possibly, I'm, I haven't looked at his loadout in a little while. I think he's, I think he brought some missiles as well. I think he brought some lasers. Um, I'm not sure. He's he's bringing uh, so his exploration ship was he didn't actually do the whole trip in this but it's a um, Viper four he ended up switching to an Adder because somebody wanted a multi crew seat one of his friends um, but he he brought the other ship out here because that's what we talked about so this is basically the same kind of idea as as what I built um, he built it on his favorite ship a Viper four and made his it favorite exploration is a Viper worthy. 4? Oh yeah. yeah. Have you never met him? No. <laughs> he never shuts up about the Viper Four. <laughs> I'd um, love to hear his favorite I, ship. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I'd love to hear everyone explain my favorite ship is this, and then explain why. Because I want to hear someone go, "I love the Viper Four, and then try to justify it. Because <laughs> I can't think of a single you reason. You don't think that's a good ship? I think it's a great ship. Do you? It's wildly versatile. Oh yeah. All right, sell um, me on it. Sell me a Viper 4. I will stop what I'm doing you, and run out um, and buy it. Uh, I think it's really versatile for a small ship and pretty battle-hardened. Um, I actually think the only thing wrong with it is it's got that 
one military locked slot. That's actually the only reason that I picked the Cobra 3 over the Viper 4 for this trip because the Cobra becomes a better explorer because you essentially can't use that military slot in in a, well, I mean, you you can't use it for exploration equipment. Right. Um, But it has higher armor and higher shields than my Cobra. It's not as fast, um, but it still turns pretty well. Um, the, Aren't the, the Vipers normally for the, the faster? Aren't they normal? Well, the Viper 3 is pretty fast. The Viper 3 is is um, faster at cruise, but the boost speed is lower. They they mm. The Cobra is quite fast. The Viper 3, I think, is faster, oh, uh, uh, just normal thrusters, but the boost speed the Cobra ends up edging it out with essentially the same build. I think right. that um, this is kind of from memory. Um, the hard points are the same. Um, I don't know. I think they're. I think they're quite good. It's. It's the th- the Viper three and the Viper four. That all this. I. I don't know. I can find fun things to do with almost any ship. Actually, now that I think about it, I wow. have a Viper yeah. four that's kitted out for um, a combat with like a kind of light biweave. It's like a. It's like a hybrid hull tank kind of thing where. The biweave's actually pretty thin, uh, but the hull is pretty beefy, so the thing just goes down and comes back and goes down and comes back over and over again. And I literally so you're just running with, jousting runs. Well, kind of. So I loaded all the guns on it with uh, the advanced missile racks. So right. these are the dumbfire missiles that you can synth AX ammo for, or simply buy regular ammo. Um, the the trick though is they actually have a higher ammo capacity than the equivalent dumbfire missile rack. So if you are going to get dumbfire missiles anyway, just get the advanced version, and you know use that yeah. instead. <laughs> same, <laughs> same, um, same gun, bigger bigger clip. Yeah, bigger clip. Yeah. Um, so that's what's on it, and with uh, so, uh, I think half of them are overload and and stuff. So I I've had some a little bit of fun PVPing. It's it's a fun little thing to do, dumbfire missiles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I um, uh yeah. recently went through and and every now and then I realize I have too many ships. I don't fly this. Why do I have it? And then I get rid of it and I I feel like I've done that no. a couple no. of times. Uh where no. I'll, I'll strip it and sell it cuz I just don't use it. So I think I did that again uh I don't know, a few months ago. So I'm down to like the core I don't know, 14. Huh. Huh. I can't, I can't, Um, I think of a reason that I would, what would I build a Viper? Cause I almost bought a Viper three recently. I was like, I (laughs) should have this. And I just couldn't pull the trigger on it. Hmm. But they're so, I mean, what's the consequence? They're cheap. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) besides the engineering, I guess, I don't know. You just said it. The consequence is I got to get back in my crate phantom and go hunting uh, those uh, high grade emissions. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) I had to find some mindless activity. Um, I don't sell ships anymore. No. Uh, I I used to, and I I have, but it was back when I didn't have credits. Mm -hmm. So. I, I actually, I remember I bought a crate. I bought a crate Mark II, and that was like my main ship. That was my first like, oh man, I bought like a medium multi-purpose ship. I'm like, I'm really in it now, aren't I? 
aren't I the business? Right. Uh, and then at some point I talked myself into a Phantom instead and I sold the Mark II. I basically converted it into a Phantom because I right. was like, well, the the better speed, the better jump range, this is what I'm after. I can get away with one fewer hard point. Well, one fewer hard point makes a big friggin' difference yeah. um, when it comes right down to it. And ultimately, at that, that's the... That was the thing, like trying to multi-purpose ships, sure, you you sell one and you convert it into another or whatever. I think that's sort of like two polar opposite ways, uh, play styles for this, right? Like you're either sort of role-playing a character where it's like, well, now I've got to do this so I convert the ship. Or it's kind of like the now, now we're the, the commander who has like t- tons of credits, like I have a fleet carrier, like credits are not really an issue until you start buying, you know, reactive armor for cutters. Yeah. Um, so you don't really trade ships in. You just, like, whatever. I just, I wanted some fun thing or I have, like, a fun idea. At this point, that's what's going on. Like, when I build a ship, it's because I have, like, a fun idea. Um, you know, I have a Viper 3 that doesn't have shields and it's mainly meant to harass gankers. Right. Like well, a, that's, that's what I was doing. And then I yeah. would stockpile this big <laughs> bunch of ships that it's like, oh, what do I, what was I supposed to use this for? And it was normally something so <laughs> specific that I was like, yeah. this thing will never <laughs> happen again. And I need to get rid of this thing. So yeah, I strip, yeah. strip it for parts. One of my criticism, it's not really a criticism of the game, but it's one of the things that this game doesn't, provide you with is the the sort of millennium falcon fantasy or the, the fact that you know most space based shows movies books in history uh they're normally about a pilot and his his one ship and this yeah. game doesn't provide that you're yeah. just you're collecting yeah. a, a massive ships and i almost uh regretted a little bit. I almost wish that you only could afford one ship and then you had to manipulate <laughs> all the module slots and everything. Yeah. Anyway. The, you know, I, I think you could brain. you could play that way if you chose to. Well, I have, I mean, my main ship is the Corvette and it seems to be the one that you could do that. Uh, well, I mean, any of the big ships, you can really manipulate yeah. it to be whatever it is you want to be. At a certain point, I just looked at all my ships and I just went, you know, Anytime you build a ship, I've had this where I've posted a, a multi-purpose ship build in the in our Discord under the ship build section and had people go like, why do you have cargo slots when this thing's for combat? It's like, well, yeah. you know, I you almost feel <laughs> stupid. It's like, oh, I want to do, you know, be available to do a few different things and and uh and then I got guilted into you know, making it the strictly combat ship. Since then, I've gone back Aww. and redone a few of these ships. Uh, I think I've talked on this show about recently I traded it. I got rid of the cutter because I was like, why do I have this stupid Imperial ship, even though it's awesome? <laughs> and I bought and I I basically traded it in for a Federal ship, the worst of them, the drop ship. And I made this thing <laughs> the most not wackiest, a good trade. The most wackiest <laughs> multi-purpose build you've ever seen. <laughs> it's got all <laughs> kinds of different scanners that seemingly shouldn't be on there. All the stuff that you know, I never use. Uh, and <laughs> ironically, when I first started flying, I was like, this thing is stupid. 
as I've flown it more and more, I, I'm really starting to kind of like it. A part of it is because I put only lasers on it, but it is capable of picking up some cargo. It's capable of uh, scanning someone's manifest and all these things that I don't normally use. It's kind of fun. Yeah, fair enough. Well, that that is that is pretty cool. I mean, I I got out of multi-purposing ships, but at the same time, that's fun. And I do see like people share those builds. Like they'll put a build in and I'll and they'll say. A lot of what's going on in the I should I should preface a lot of what's going on in the shipbuilds channel is like give me notes on this or how can I improve this aspect of my ship, right? And sometimes people post a ship and it's like, what do you think of this? And I look at it and it's clearly like a does tries to do everything ship. And I'm like, right. my reaction is always like, well, I've I have no notes for a does everything ship because yeah. all I'm gonna say is like, here's how you could make it better at one of its tasks while making it worse at the other tasks. So that's I think no good. There's, there's this internal like thing in us where we, we see that and, and immediately we go, well, your hole is, is kind of wacky and your shields aren't as strong as they could be. And why do you have this stupid scanner on there when you can oh, put yeah. a, <laughs> when you can put a shield booster on there? It just, the instincts of someone who's good or has been playing this game a long time kick in and, and they want to say that stuff. Yeah. And I suppose that we don't take into account when someone's like, oh, I just want to, you know, I mean, that's basically what I yeah. I rebelled yeah. against and went back and made this sort of ship that was to my liking. <laughs> I mean, it has an auto docker and super cruise uh, assist on it just because. You monster. Yeah, I know. Hey, <laughs> I don't fly without auto dock or super cruise assist. For real. I don't. I have I have never used either of those even once. Uh, really? Isn't that wild? No, you know what it is is uh first of all I don't play with the Hotas. I play with a, a PlayStation controller with the right. uh, back, with the back paddle attachment. And sometimes and I only play in open so when you're when you're in Super Cruise and you're trying to line up the mail slot while you're still in Super Cruise so that when you drop in you're staring at the yeah. door of the place sometimes it's like uh, I wish I could just bust in and then just you know get to it so some of my ships are lazy ships and have the auto docker on there and I got to tell you when you hit that thing and you could just set the controller down and walk out of the room it's yep. awesome yep and I refuse to feel bad about it. Me too. Dock yourself. <laughs> I'm going to get coffee. Well, oh, you know what else? And it's another role playing bit. It's like, look, I'm a billionaire. I could afford if if I were actually a pilot in space who was a billionaire and I could afford an auto docker. I can't think of a more rich guy move. Ship, dock yourself. I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And and it's not only that. Look at it from the other way. If you own a multi-trillion dollar spaceport, are you going to let that rock jock who just came in from the rings in that <laughs> rust bucket dock himself? That's right. He's hopped up on uh, a trucker crank. Yeah, he's bouncing off. <laughs> It's like, hell no, you're going to let the computer dock you, son. You're not going to be mm-hmm. bouncing off the inside of my space station. Right. The port master's pulling his hair out. For God's sake, slow down. <laughs> Turn the docking computer oh on or get God. shot. <laughs> good. See, I'm glad I'm not alone on this. You are not. You are in good company, my friend. All right. Oh, man. I would not think. Yeah. I, I, nobody's, nobody's alone in, in any esoteric thing in this game, are they? Not really. No. Which is kind of nice because 
there are elements of this game where, I mean, the game is called elite and ironically there are a, a lot of elitists. We all dabble. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let me, so, let me tell you about your shield engineering. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. But you know what yeah. that, but I, I've said it since I first started being on this show. Anytime someone tells you how you should play this game, you should absorb that knowledge and then make, you know, absorb it and then make an educated decision how you want to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Because there is no one way to play it. Right. See, I kind of think if you're gonna if you're gonna go like the the Millennium Fal- Falcon or the Serenity one ship like role playing version of right. this game, I think you end up in the Anaconda. Yeah, that's a good eventually. one too. I mean, I think any of the large ships are perfect. I think the Python is is a good one, obviously because of yeah. more slots, and the Crate Mark Two is fantastic as well. Right, it's like a couple of different uh, shades of the same color there. Yeah, Dubs is not here, so he would uh, explode at me if I just equated <laughs> the Python and the Crate. Yes, go on and on about the lovely, the virtues of the Python. Let, let me tell you about the Python, Dubs. Um, yeah, Dubs hates the Python. <laughs> that's right. Yep. Uh, yes. Um, uh, I always thought it was the coolest. Well, a lot of people do. I mean, it's one of the classic elite ships, right? Um, it's, it, and it's I mean, an outstanding multi-purpose ship. Yeah, his his hatred of the Python is is not uh, like based in in reason. Reality, no, no, it's <laughs> like he he thinks the the crate Mark II is better, and for every you know for his it's a but I think it's a preference, and I and I think ultimately yeah. he would he would agree. Like if you caught him not in public and he didn't have to. Yeah. maintain his image of a hard-nosed python hater he'd, he'd admit that well yeah i just like it because it's faster and turns faster I, it, it has a little I, yeah, bit but, less armor and cargo space but but by, but by a a fraction of a margin like so small isn't that like the real difference between the two of them just the fact that the crate can have a a, a deployed fighter well, the the crate can have a fighter, but it also has less cargo space. Um, right, it gives potential. up like a class six so- a slot. Yeah, yeah, and and it's well. Make it, I, I'll make I that think the right there is that I the would maneuverability a- difference mm-hmm. is significant in in my opinion when I'm when I'm feeling it when I'm there. Like I don't really know if the how the numbers shake out, but I feel much better flying uh, a crate. And it's like the hard point positions too are are a bit inverted, even though they're the same number of hard points. And mm-hmm. then uh, I, I'm also going to come back to like my opinion of a ship is always going to be shaped by how the cockpit feels in VR. And right. the crate has very nearly the best cockpit in VR, well, without question. And you know, arguably the the cockpit and the the Python leave something to be desired. If you look up, you're yeah. just going to see the roof of the the. Sh- the cockpit yeah. so but i mean if i'm a if i have a, a choice between the two i go python based on the fact that i would much rather have a cla- an extra class six slot than to have a ship that i have to pay some goddamned pilot or crew member 
to take. I've made a couple of these guys billionaires before I realized, like, I need to can all these guys. They're making me broke. <laughs> SLFs, just in general. Yes. I'm, I'm not that into them. It took me forever to... Well, actually, I never hired a pilot until after the change where they had insurance. Oh, really? And even then, I, I've only got one in my Corvette, and that's just because it's like that thing has so many slots that it's sort of silly not yeah. to have one. But I really don't think it does all that much. I, I basically send them out as a distraction. Yeah, based on what you pay them, I don't find that it's a worthy... I mean, because the fact that once you hire them, they're just on your staff at all times... In spite of the yeah. fact that they're not on your ship seems uh, like an ill decision on Frontier's part. They should not be making money if they're not, if they're on uh, on shore leave, so to speak. They're paid well, for their somebody's availability. Never, somebody's never had a lawyer on retainer. Exactly. Paid for their availability. I'm not I saying guess. I've ever had a lawyer on retainer, but. But I mean, in keeping with the naval theme, I think, I mean, isn't that the old deal where, you know, a crew was hired per, per, you know, mission per job? So to speak? Yeah. Per yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Well, you can do that if you want. Yeah, hire them and fire them, but, but you're but, not getting the best, the best possible i suppose so there's you're, your trade-off you're paying more right you're paying more because you if you want some a uh, more skilled pilot you have to pay their full price if you keep them on from when they were a baby then they cost less at once they get to a higher skill but you got to pay them even when you take an exploration trip out to colonia like i am and they're what is that what is uh, it technically they're at? still here right what does it top um, off at if you get a guy at the most base level and level them all the way isn't it like nine well, percent? I think it's I think it's half of what it would be otherwise. I think it's about half. That's worth it. If you just there's buy a, them yeah. at Elite, I don't know what the exact number is, but I think there's it a is. chart floating around out there somewhere. I've seen it. <clears throat> seems seems legit. Anyway, um, carrying on. Carrying on then. <laughs> um, we haven't gotten to any of the stuff in this. Sh- this no. is a fantastic episode of this podcast. We haven't gotten to anything that I planned. We've just been actually talking about this game the whole That's time, sh- which is very novel. <laughs> Shouldn't yeah. that be what it is? <laughs> we should try this sometime. Yeah, we should talk fantastic. about Elite Dangerous sometime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, that was fun. Um, that was, I guess, what's... Uh, what's up with us? Um, the next thing I was going to put on my notes is a squad update. So why don't you, uh, let's say we do that. Incoming priority message. Squadron briefing. Wow, it's almost like we have a professional sound engineer managing that. Unbelievable. I know you're making fun of me, but I'm going to take it as a compliment. <laughs> is um we are uh kind of off bgs panic mode for the first time since i think we left on the expedition we've got everything under control no risk of runaway expansions um we currently have well we just finished up one election we've got another election and a war that are one day away from ending and a an election pending behind that, and I am off my uh, BGS medications. 
So, <laughs> how's the old ticker? Doing good this week. I mean, we haven't been this stable since well before we left. So, outstanding. This is a nice change. It's it's awesome. And how and is has a uh, oh what is the name of the the system with the Latvian apocalypse? Is uh, that finally leveled off, or did I just comma? We That's we it. leveled off kind of in the low 40s. We've kind of bumped back up to near 50. Traffic has come down, so I'm kind of hoping that that wave has passed um, and we're going to kind of return to normal there. But I, I don't want to call the Latvian apocalypse completely over just yet because it may relapse, but I have a good feeling about where it's headed. I did see a video re enforcing uh what was can i just say it i don't have to be coy yeah it's not a it's yeah. not a big deal look the yamex made a video uh about hey you can make money actually doing combat and cited right. comma one of our stations or one of our star systems as a, a a target place to run these wing combat missions to make quote unquote 200 million an hour or whatever it was uh which i always laugh whenever they try to explain the math on that Hey, yeah. you could do fifty million in thirty minutes. That means whatever. Anyway, the point is, is I saw another video where he reinforced. Yeah, it. He did recently. another one about two weeks later. Right. So, but I mean, it's it's not been Was that he still big of a deal. Comma? Yes. yes, but it, uh, it's not been that big of a deal. It dropped our our influence in the system down ten percent, or was it 20, more? 20, Twenty. Thank you. But. As long as 20, we're not doing 22.4, but nobody's counting. Yes. <laughs> Get them on, back on the meds. Breathe, man. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So where do we want to see the squad go from here? Do we want to expand? Do we want war? Do we want to move we, in a certain direction? And and treat me like I'm an idiot on the subject. Well, we, <laughs> we That's actually, a stretch. we actually do want to expand at least once out of comma okay um because there is a very nice system the i'd have to look it up to get you the name of it off the top of my head it's one of those string of numbers systems but um with about a six billion population that is within range of comma and would be an expansion target and we kind of want that because in the grand you know in the grand scheme of playing the bgs game you know, it, there's there's no real advantage to taking over any systems. You don't gain anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, and my thing in the BGS is going for population and trying to control the largest amount of population possible. Can I ask um, a noob question? Absolutely. Why, why specifically that? Because does it does it make a difference in like your home system where it you know gives you more things to buy or, or why? Well, now there's, well, there are a lot of things that you can base off of either economy or government type to influence missions. I cannot recite that stuff off the top of my head. I would have to refer to a chart to tell you what does what. Right. So there are certain, I mean, there are absolutely advantages in doing that, but those advantages don't necessarily require you to be in control of the system. I mean, those mm-hmm. are things that are going to happen based on the system values, pretty much regardless of who controls it, the market type, 
um, and the population size. So when it comes to BGS, it's it's bragging rights. It's the highest population, right. or or you could focus. You know, it, it, with BGS, you you get to pick what drives you. So you know, we could, for instance, say we wanted you know all corporate governments, or we were interested in turning everything <clears throat> federation, or we were aligned with a power play. We've simply chosen that we want a high population. Right. Okay. I like my role on the show, the, like uh, the village idiot or like the infomercial. <laughs> I was the, the same thing. <laughs> the, the infomercial where the guy's like, wow, how much does it cost? <laughs> I, if, we're infomercial, if we're on the infomercial, then I want to be the, the guy who like tries to get something out of the cabinet and spills spaghetti all over Wisconsin somehow. <laughs> oh, the B-roll guy. Yeah. 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 Have you ever tried to do this? Oh, he's Whoa. trying to pull pull a blanket over himself, and oh my god, he somehow stabbed his own foot. Yeah. Where oh. did the knife come from? Where were those blankets with the sleeves? Because <laughs> the hey, snuggie. the snuggie. Don't knock the snuggie. Don't knock the snuggie. Uh, but it showed someone like struggling with their blanket. Like, uh, uh, I, I don't know how blankets uh. work. <laughs> how does this new technology happen? This newfangled right. stuff. <laughs> but but long term, I mean, short term, we would like to expand out of comma mm-hmm. because there's, like I said, there's a nice juicy six point something billion population system that's available. You know, long but really, term, that's just for your ego, isn't it? Admit it. It's for our ego. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There there are websites out there who rank factions based on population. Okay. Right. Hence the focus on population. We would like to be visible. We think we have something to offer to the community. We want people to know we're there. Oh, um, did you hear that? He just twisted that and made it sound altruistic. I'm good at that. <laughs> Expertly done, sir. Well but there, done. Are, and there are six or seven systems within range of our common expansion systems that are over 4 billion population. So we've got uh, basically a target-rich environment to work for when you consider the fastest possible pace you can go on is one expansion every two weeks. We could literally go back-to-back expansions for several months and not run out of of uh, attractive targets. That's cool. Well, Nifty. even when I'm even when I'm burnt out, I still run one mission a day. If it doesn't help much, <laughs> yeah. but it helps a little. <laughs> and I do, I do have to say that the the small number of commanders who remained in the bubble and did not go on the expedition have been absolutely killing it on the BGS. I'll point uh, out two, two on my side uh, uh, on the PlayStation side of things. Uh, the first and foremost is Single Malt Scotty, who yes. plays BGS almost exclusively and puts up big numbers. All the time, every day. And this is the only game that he plays, which is He's a beast. wild. Yes. Uh, and then I do believe Ed Themis, who uh, is on the other side of the world and basically is working when uh, when single malt Scotty goes to bed, he's yeah. doing what he's doing. So <laughs> Second shift. We, we run right. our BGS on shift work. Yes, sir. Yep. So <laughs> thanks to those guys. Yes, definitely. Way to go. Okay. Um, but, well, 
Let's, uh, what do we say? We talk about some in-game news. Um, there have been happenings. The story progresses. Community goals come and go The gal- as the galaxy turns. See? <laughs> I thought I was taking yeah. this over. Yeah. <laughs> I am. This is my this is my pitch to you. Hey, oh, is this your intro? You know, this is the lead-in. Yeah. This is my intro, man. Tell tell me tell me all about it. What's going on? By the way, I mean for all the listeners out there, like five minutes before we went on, like, oh, do you need help? Yeah, you can do it. Okay, let me brush up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you said like you had roll. read it, which technically gives you an advantage over me. Yeah, because you had not read it. So yeah, basically the where I would check in and I, I always check the news every day because I do want to know what's going on. And part of me is also waiting for something interesting to happen uh, every day with this game, something in news, setting something up. So um, first and foremost, for people who don't know, uh, the Enhanced Missile Rack Initiative has come to an end. And I, this might have been mentioned on last week's show, but if you're interested in it, you can now go to a human tech broker and get your enhanced missile racks, I guess. I don't know that it's worth it. Isn't it some sort of increased cost? It, well, it's it's not traditionally purchased and it's not traditionally unlocked. It's like a hybrid item. Like it's so yeah. So it's double engineered. Well, okay, yeah. So the item itself is the the double engineered. So it is both lightweight and high capacity, which is awesome. Um, right. It comes with thermal cascade special effect. You can change it without ruining the double engineering. That is the missile rack that's on my Cobra. Um, so right. you can change it to drag, which is, in my opinion, a much more useful special effect. But um, instead of buying it normally, um, it is unlocked through a tech broker. But instead of, like the rest of the tech broker stuff, you unlock it by providing a series of materials or commodities one time, and that unlocks it for purchase. Instead, you buy it with those commodities and materials. Right. Each time... Each unit of that mo- module that you get uh, requires an allotment of those uh, materials. Right. But anyway, moving on. And I'm just going to hit the headline of what's been going on this week. And uh, this next one, uh, Federation Damaged by Corruption and Conspiracy. Uh, if you're like me and you role play as a, a Federalist, this is probably stinky news because... We had our hands on Lacon Spaceways, and now we don't. Got Moving taken on. away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which segues right into the next headline. Correct. The Alliance bails out Lacon Spaceways. It looks like, obviously, the Alliance is going to be, well, I mean, they've approved purchasing uh, a majority of the shares of Lacon Spaceways. Right. So the Alliance is going to have their own specific uh, ship group, I guess. Which they kind of had before. I mean, yeah. that, that really like Lacon was that, but it wasn't owned by them. And before they had the controlling share, Core Dynamics had bought the controlling share. So, yeah, it was like they were they were a privatized company, and, and I I'm failed to understand how to explain this. Did they have like uh, military contracts, or now they have military contracts? I don't really see too big of a difference in it other than that they're specifically now associated with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, does the reading make it seem like they now have guaranteed contracts? Because the issue was that they just weren't making enough money, right? 
So I guess, yeah, yeah. I, I think what you're going to see and, you know, if, you know, full disclosure here for people who've listened to my previous predictions on where they're going with this uh, storyline and the end game stuff, you know, all predictions guaranteed wrong or your money back. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think what you're going to see is as they head towards Odyssey, they're setting up a situation where you have the Federation and Core Dynamics, you have the Empire and Gudamaya, and you have the Alliance and Lacon, and they're all going to be, you know, essentially the same thing. It's going to be a, a, a primary military contractor building spaceships for those governments. You're, you're going to see the Alliance probably tighten up some on its systems and and uh, try to form their own navy, I think, because that's going to set up that little triangle of possible conflict for Odyssey. Right. Right. And it's about time, because the Alliance is very left out of a lot of stuff with regards the, to that. The interesting question that comes out of that is, so if the Alliance starts building military ships... You know, so there's a possibility there that A, you see Alliance capital ships somewhere, and then B, maybe there's going to be an Alliance rank grind and an Alliance big ship. Mm. I, yeah. I mean, that would be nice, but what would the capital ship look like? A giant chieftain? Lacon <laughs> <laughs> designed The big chief. Hmm. Yeah, 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 big chief. have these like big, big wings and stuff. <laughs> Right. Yeah, pylons. <laughs> Moving on, victory for federal forces against the Jupiter Division. If you were uh, in this CG, uh, the Federation took um, Jupiter Rochester into custody. So be interesting to see what's going to happen with him. And from a purely story standpoint, that is such a disappointing outcome. Well, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that. Uh, even the people who I... Uh, I, I did some of the CG with single malt Scotty over here on PS4. And we, you know, we wanted to see, we, we wondered, Oh, what would happen if this guy is able to take off? Uh, on the other hand, man, I can't let this terrible bastard get away from this. I was surprised, honestly, that they were able to take him into custody. I thought for sure he would have split down and just formed a, formed a new, uh, wasn't he referring to himself as the supreme executive? Some real yeah. Palpatine esque yeah. uh, name? It was something real ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's exactly what he said. Um, because corporate governance is the only governance. What? It's so somewhere, cr- yeah, it's somewhere down the line he gets busted out. Right. Yeah. I. I mean. I. I. I guess I hope so. I thought that it was a much more interesting story plot to have him get away. Cause I, I just like things, the, the Federation eventually hanging all of their bad people and cleaning up their own mess is not particularly interesting as a, as a story motive. Like I, I think so. I, I anyway, I thought it was going to be like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to split. If we had this, this stuff going on with Lacon and everybody's like, oh man, one of the ship builders is going to go away. Now you're splitting core dynamics. He's got a bunch of loyalists following him. Like this right. was very interesting. Yeah. I'm honestly disappointed. Rochester, that the, that the, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean the the game always like the federation always has huge player support. I'm really disappointed yeah. that those people didn't think a little bit more about it and and go, oh wait a second. Another yeah, prediction guaranteed wrong or your money back. Rochester gets broken out. The empire is implicated in it because right. then you know Jupiter because Rochester reasons. is because well because he's anti Fed and. You know, the Empire doesn't want to directly go to war with the feds, so maybe they could, you know, slip mm-hmm. him a little bit of aid and let him go disrupt things on his own. And the Alliance militarizes to protect themselves from both of them. Yep. Fun note, uh, I don't know what PC has th- uh, of this in equivalency, but I received the PS4 trophy for b- taking part in a certain number of successful community goals. So uh, thanks. It took forever Ooh. because of the year off, but... <laughs> the PC has uh, nothing. Steam Steam has achievements. I don't know if it has achievements for this game, honestly. Hmm. Um I actually only play this game on the Steam version when we're on the podcast. Right. Really? Uh, interestingly. Yeah. Cause it, well, cause I, it, it runs natively on Oculus. Oh. Um, and I, so I'm always in, in VR. Um, but uh, anyway, hard, <sighs> hardly matters, I guess. <laughs> and uh, the, the last final story is we have a new CG. And if you liked the, uh, the last one where you're able to get the enhanced missile rack, then you're going to really love this one because, um, because of the galactic summit, uh, a bunch of <laughs> pretentious uppity buttholes are gl- <laughs> getting together and they need all the tea buds and eat an apple and beer and snails and all kinds of wacky shit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if I'm you so part- glad I had you read this. <laughs> if you participate in this CG, which requires you to coll- uh, collect rare commodities uh, from Ariel or uh, right now, my um, my fleet carrier is parked in Ethgrees. Uh, co- basically, I'm just buying tea buds and going back and forth collecting them. Uh, and then I'm going to run over and drop them off at... Uh, it's called Ashby City in uh, Lui. I can't pronounce this. L U Y T E N. What's the name of that star system? How would you pronounce that? Loitens. Loitens. Yeah. Ashby City. Ashby City in Loitens Star. Bring all your rare commodities there. Not all of them. You only need Lavian Brandy, Karsuki Locust, Gomen Yaupon Coffee. Uh, giant Iruki snail. Easy for uh, you to say. <laughs> yeah, Gorasian Gwez beer. Uh, F Gray's tea buds. Eden apples of Ariel. Uh, bring all those to uh, Lighten Star, and uh, <laughs> you. <laughs> for, for every tier that it goes up, it's going to drop the the requirement ranks uh, in materials to get the fast boot. Uh, I actually forget this specific. I it's, think it's fast boot, long range, yeah. uh, FSD yes. class five drive. And I took account of how many of my ships have class five drives on them. And uh turns out almost all of them. So it is a very good FSD to have. Uh, yeah. It's the, probably the, the most, I have the most of those just because of the ships that I run with the DBX and the phantom take it enough said. 
Right. And and whatever ship you have that has a class five, and if it's something that you are playing in open and you're getting ganked, man, so sweet to get out of there. It's, well, yeah, I mean, what it comes down to, I mean, the fast boot is is great. It's not really the the main issue that most people are concerned with, but it is so great to tack onto the edge and has the side effect of slightly increasing the, the overall range above right. the normal long range mod it's it's a no brainer that right. one that's way exciting that that module is coming back and i'm going to get to convert them all over plus it comes fully engineered right. all you got to do is put the special effect on it put you put a mass manager on right. it to fully maximize the the range um that's outstanding not having to engineer any class 5 like i'm going to be i'm so happy yeah. about this yeah yeah i've got a whole Huge stockpile benefit. of of completely engineered <laughs> like from all the ships that I've right. completely taken apart <laughs> I've got a stockpile of these uh, fully engineered FSD drives with the idea of like oh thank goodness I can get this new one just by going and buying it fully engineered <laughs> Fantastic. that's funny I should I should keep a um, I should keep a tally of like the number of days so I should start count from when I get back to the bubble and then the number of days until I actually want to build a ship with a size five frame shift drive, <laughs> because I'm so yeah. excited right now. But you're absolutely right. Like I have everything already. Right. Like, what am, it's going to take forever for me to eventually go. Oh wait, I'm going to build a new whatever with a size five. Like I have all those ships. They're going to have to make a new ship that takes a size five before I'm going to do it. Right. Oh, you're not. I'm like you. Not. I'm like you in that I I get in this mode where I think like. Oh, you know, it'd be fun if I had a an adder and uh, I made it just to, and then you need some <laughs> super specific thing, and then I then I go about doing it. It's okay. I will tell you exactly what's going to happen. That frame shift drive that I got the first time is on my Phantom. I am going to get one. I'm going to get one for my DBX. Uh, without question. Other than without question, because I have a DBX for like bubble jumping. Um, but I don't care that much, actually. My other ships, like the little bit of extra, it probably mm-hmm. doesn't matter that much. Maybe I should do my Mark II, my Crate Mark II. Sure. Well, is your DBX um, your only exploration ship? I mean, obviously you're on a Cobra, right? But like, do, well, I'm in you, my Cobra. is it just, I have, your, is it yeah, just your I, bubble the, bus, and the, do you have an ASP uh, Explorer? I have an ASP um, that I don't really fly. Uh, the mm. ASP was actually my mining ship before I got the Python. Um, no, the the my real like right now, if I was to say what's my exploration ship, my real one, it mm. would be my Phantom. Right, um, that's a big pick. Phantom is kitted out for basically exploration and uh, doubling as like a, a high grade emissions hunter. Um, Mine too. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, I would just, you know, just adding a little... I mean, the only thing the DBX is for is jump range. So, obviously, adding a little jump range to that is good. And then, I guess I could jump... I mean, whatever, my... What size does the Python take? It takes a 5 too, doesn't it? Yes. I have a mining Python, and it's like no reason... That's, I guess, what it comes down to. There's no reason not to. Yeah, like yeah, I said, I? most... most <laughs> it seems like most medium ships, and even a... Um, a handful of others 
use the yeah. class five. So awesome. And actually, the more I think about it, like you say, you were saying, Nurgle, the I uh, uh, technically it's better in combat situations because of what? the lightness. The fa- the fast boot. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Actually, so Teflon like, was saying that, but yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, if 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 uh, uh, well, I'm thinking like you said, uh, chieftain. Does a chieftain take a five? Because all of the alliances are a five. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I, I'm thinking so. So I'm I'm trying to to uh, uh, dust a, a, a thargoid interceptor, and something goes wrong, and I need to bug out. Well, shoot, I'm gonna like doing that in two seconds instead of four. All so right. A, a class five flame ship frame shift drive is the Challenger, the Chieftain, the Crusader, the Asp Explorer, the Diamondback Explorer, the Assault Ship, Dropship, Gunship, Clipper, Great. the Crate Mark II, oh the Crate God. Phantom, the Orca, the Python, and the Type 7 Transporter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, actually so, yeah. <laughs> that's a very, very versatile module. Yeah, that's great. I mean... It's unfortunate for anybody who loves flying a Corvette like me or an FDL, but uh, yeah, 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 tough yeah. boobies. No, no, still, still no love for the FDL. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I long ago stopped caring about the jump range in my FDL. It just rides on the carrier. <laughs> but I mean, in those situations, we've all had it where you up into a system and you notice the hollow square. It rolls in behind you. You drop in, yep. you're able to turn around in time, you see it's an FDL right as he hits you, and you're damn near ready to explode. It would be so great to be able to get out of there quicker. Yes. Right. Yes, it would. Yeah. So, because it's not like I roll around in my PvP ship. I'm no good right. in this situation. I just need to get the hell out of there. Right, exactly. Well, so that, that's um, it. Get your so that, rare goods. Anyway, that, <laughs> get your rare goods, nerds. Um, outstanding. Uh, so let me see here. Sorry, I, I'm distracted because I'm looking for a material trader. I'm, I'm going to set that aside. Um, so the uh, another fun thing happened today. Uh, FDev did a stream uh, that was a special one, a discovery scanner stream, where they had Dr. K. Ross come on as a guest and talk about... Um, everything she did and everything she's currently working on for Odyssey, which was a lot about um, the planet rendering tech and and a bit about um, the new uh, lighting engine, both of which are global for the whole game. Um, I I watched it, although I was trying to work at the time, um, so I I sort of a, a little bit half watched it. They had about. You know, I, I I had them on in the background, and then I paid closer attention when they uh, said said something that that piqued my interest. But it was a really fun stream that I think uh, everybody would enjoy to go check out the replay of. Um, if I could pick out a few uh, nuggets about it, like she talked a lot about when they were kind of originally designing the planet tech for Horizons. Well, actually, taking it all the way back to the Stellar Forge a bit, um, and just kind of like the way the math on that works, like how it does what it does and why. And then um, went into, you know, when they were developing some things for Horizons and really kind of how amazing it was that they were able to push that engine as far as they could. Um, But kind of the big deal is that with Odyssey, like, it's not 
it's not developing on that. They're starting over. And the, the, like she kept saying, the, it was sort of numerical the way they were generating the planet's surfaces for horizons. And this is different fundamentally so that they can make it more complex and so they can make it more future-proof, which I thought was a, an interesting little tidbit. Um, so, yeah, she, I, I, I was really, I thought it was fun and um, talks about a lot of stuff. There's, there's not, it's not really like um, a lot of like new teaser information, but it was much more in-depth and much more like the way that discovery scanners used to be and kind of the way I feel that, um, what are they called, dev diaries? Like this is, this is much closer to what a dev, something called a dev diary ought to be, I think. Um, and it was uh, pretty good. So I think go check that out. I see no reason. Rehash the whole thing here, but. I'm very interested in seeing the how the planet surfaces shake out. Uh, you know, before I played this game, I, I played a, a good chunk of No Man's Sky. And, you know, I won't brag about it being a fantastically amazing game, but um, the variety in which, you know, you get some very unique uh, land formations in that game, it's something that obviously... Elite Dangerous mm. very much lacks is that, you know, once you've sort of seen the 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 ground of a handful of planets, you've pretty much seen the bulk of it. So I'm excited to see how it turns out. It's a shame I have to wait till November-ish. Well, right, yeah. And I mean, the, 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 the short version is a lot more variety mm -hmm. and... Um, you know, more detail, obviously, but but just about like the planet types, like icy versus rocky ice versus rocky, don't have a tremendous amount of differentiation in the current engine, right. um, and this changes all that and and spreads the the details, like the like in, in game development, you have this the LOD. Right, so as you're getting closer to things, they become more detailed, and that's how your computer's able to keep the stuff that it needs to render down right. to a manageable amount. Um, where it, from what it sounds to me, it sounds like we're adding a lot of LOD slices, so it's going to keep, you know, it you can and changing the way they work a little bit, so you can perceive some of the. Um, finer details from far away, but really we're trying to create even more detail when we're up close and more layers in between so that stays smooth. And the the lighting interactions and the way they... Um, different materials are going to reflect differently. They're going to react differently to things. Um, and she's trying to... They're trying to keep things sort of based in reality a bit. And they fudge it already. Like, if they've talked about this on previous um, programs like this, like Discovery Scanners, how, you know, really, if when you feed the numbers in of, like, here's what planets tend to be made of, here's sort of the distribution of that, um, and this is what color those chemicals would appear in, in visible light... Um, almost everything turns out beige and brown. So they did kind of like stretch things a little bit to give the game a more exciting variety to its color palette. Um, but they are trying to still base some things in reality. And some of that's coming down to like the new lighting being able to um, different 
surfaces reflecting differently. And this is, you know, rocks versus ice versus metallics. And, and um, I, I think it's all pretty exciting. Reality is all I want out of this. Sorry, go ahead, Nurgle. <laughs> no, 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 no. You I was agreeing liar. with tracks. No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> yeah. I re- so going back to No Man's Sky, I'll, I'll, No yeah. Man's Sky, I played and it. I fell in love with it right away because it was the first game that I ever played where you could be standing on a planet, you can get into a starship, you can leave the atmosphere, you can cross space in what was quasi real time, you know, where a trip would take minutes and then you could enter the stratosphere of another planet and then get out. I just love that conceptually. And it looks like we're, you know, we're almost there with this game. I, I, in fact, the part of the reason why I bought this game when I initially saw it, I was like, Oh, this seems interesting. And I pulled up an IGN review or something. And in the review, it was like, well, you know, there's these long stretches where nothing happens because you're flying in real time. And I went, perfect. I don't care yeah. how long it is. That's why I always laugh when I hear <laughs> the, 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 you know, the, uh, the Hutton Orbital practical joke of, hey, new people, go get a free anaconda. It's like, whatever. I fucking did that uh, by myself for no reason at all. Because it was there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just because, and I have done it a few times since, just just because. Fair enough. Right on. So reality is, you know, if I want to play a cartoonish space game, I'll go back to No Man's Sky. I don't want to. I want, I want logic and realism, and you know, I want a little bit more science in the science fiction. I, and I think Elite Dangerous does a great job of that. I think they're going to have to scramble to figure out how to make sense of, uh, you know, you getting phase shifting out of your cockpit or or. <laughs> Whatever it is, how they always explained, <laughs> like, oh, that's your hologram and your fighter. Yeah. Like, okay, whatever you say. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, to, to that point, like, some of that, you know, is changing because we can't, obviously, you can't get out of your ship and walk around if you're a hologram. Right. Um, or so that's murder. where this, <laughs> yeah, well, we haven't announced the issue, the, uh, what what the takeaway is going to be as far as how respawn works and in, in that, but obviously there'll have to be some some more hand wavium like the Remlock already is. There's um, got to be a certain specific- amount of forgiveness as a fan that you're going to have to give. Yeah, unless yeah. you want a permadeath mode, knock yourself out. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's that's a bit much for me personally, but hey, you know, whatever. I guess that's something you could choose to role play if you wanted to. Yeah, easily I mean, playing, enough, you know. Yeah, yeah. Playing an open on permadeath, uh, woof, man. Knowing how many <laughs> hours it took you to get to that one big ship, and you got all the engineering material, yeah. it, and some beehole just blows you away. Like, oh my! I would Harry carry myself. Just pull out a knife, <laughs> do a number. Um, well, they have talked a bit now about. Um, Climbing out of the ship, um, and there are restrictions with, with that. Like you, you, you can land on more planets than you can get out and walk around on, and you can drive right. the SRV in more planets than you can walk around on. So part of the hand wavium that's going on here appears to be gravity. Um, yeah. It, well, it, it's well. I, I mean, like the the SRV is affording you some kind of protection. Um, the things that could be bad for you include gravity, but also temperature. Temperature, right? 
toxic um, environment or something. Yeah, bad atmosphere. Uh, I I suppose. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, we have to have air supply in in you know enclosed vac suits. So I guess I don't think the atmosphere so <sighs> much matters. I guess if it was made of something really corrosive, yeah. but I think honestly, we're what we're seeing doesn't include anything like that because that's what tenuous atmosphere. They're meaning like kind of thin and wispy, Mars-like. Um, right. So anyway, that, that's a, a little bit my presumption, but they've just been just from their language. It doesn't can, can't be any other way. Um, but yeah, so there will be a range where you know it will you will be stopped. You can't get out and. Um, I, this is sort of following on from uh, for a little while now on on uh, Lave Radio. They've been talking about how they, several of them at least, would much prefer games that let you hang yourself if you want to. Um, <laughs> so, like, and I I tend to agree. Like, for for my money, the way to to, to do it would be. I think my Kovas should alert me. Like, I'm tr- if I'm trying to open the door, then absolutely the Kovas can be like warning, like. The stellar this radiation is, stupid. is insane right now. Yeah, you're super going to die if you get out of here, and then I should still be able to do it. Or maybe if you get out of here, you're only going to last 45 seconds or something. You know, Maybe the heat's crazy and your shield, your suit battery, is only going to last 45 seconds trying to cool you. That's awesome. Do it. You know what I mean? I but I don't, I don't, that's not the interpretation of what I think we're going to actually get, so it's kind of too bad. I think we're going to be stopped. I think we're going to be prevented from stepping out. And then the gravity kind of makes no sense. You know, like um, if the gravity is enough to crush me, you know, like there's obviously there's a difference between being crushed by the gravity and being able to walk. Those are two different things. However, if I can happily drive my SRV around, but getting out, I wouldn't be able to take a single step. You know, I don't know. One of those should at least give me a, a heart attack risk or something, even in my SRV, right? Unless I have an anti-gravity field, in which case, why do I need the mag boots on, uh, you know, uh, outpost stations? I'm sure you guys can generate seen, gravity. I'm sure you guys have seen The Expanse and you've seen what in the first oh, yeah. season where the, 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 uh, the belter, the guy who grew up in the asteroid belt, is being tortured by yeah. just being hung yeah. and having, uh, having to suffer through the Earth's gravity. And it's... It, 1G. <laughs> yeah, 1G. And he can't take it. It's a, a absolutely unbearable. Yeah. I'm wondering what the equivalent is for an Earth person. What is the G equivalent above that for us to go, oh, my fucking shins, oh... <laughs> it wouldn't be much. Well, it, it wouldn't be because well, because that's a thing. Like right now, like fighter pilots are enduring. Like, what's the max? Like, I haven't they got up like, to like oh, three or something? I mean, they pass out like, at, at like four. No, no, it's <laughs> it's videos. more than that. Is it's it, more yeah, than I, that, but but it's very temporary, isn't it? Yes, it's very short, very short. Right. Sustained. And if you do it's it not for a lot. lot yeah. Yeah, I want to say they get up to like seven, but they pass out around six. And they have special suits and they have special techniques that they learn and, for and they're trying to force the blood back up to their heads and stuff. They're right. trained. God damn, those videos are fun to watch because to watch the skin come off of a person's face is terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, just uh, that's okay. Um, I was, I was going to say, yeah, any, any like um, fighter, fighter pilot. Audio, 
like radio chatter when they're actually in combat is like mostly grunting because they're trying to execute <laughs> right. turns and stuff and they have to scream and grunt as part of the technique of keeping the blood in their brain. Um, right. But I think the real issue, the real health health risk, like sure, you you have these very short sustained bursts uh, after which you pass out or if you exceed, you pass out. However, the real issue is existing in that when you're not Defecation. used to it. <laughs> well, I think the gravity would only help with that, sir. That's right. No, I'm saying, um, you know, when you're like, when you're, or you're oh, you mean involuntary big, defecation. That's right. You're doing one of those big sweeping moves where you where you pull back on the on your your, your joystick there, and you're also firing your thrusters down, and you're grunting. Argh. That's yeah. when you shit yourself. Involuntary. Oh, someone crapped in my suit again. Terry. <laughs> Defecation. All right. You just named the episode, sir. I think, I um, uh, yeah, anyway, so it was, well, actually rolling back to the expanse in a, in a later season, uh, the, one of the characters who has grown up in the belt and did not ever, has never been to earth. Uh, they go to some planet and it doesn't even have one G, but just being there for days at a time is going to kill her. Like she's right. going to have, she has, pulmonary problems from this. Her body cannot do it and her heart is giving out. And she's on like, you know, super advanced future tech nano meds that they made up for the show. And even that isn't good. Well, that's a silly thing to say because they, they could make them as strong as they wanted, right? But she's on the meds that would allow you to more quickly adapt and she still can't handle it. That's the sort of thing, right? So we should be up against the clock um, when we're in these high G situations. And, you know, I, I have hopes for that temperature-wise and and I know that they've said that um, in combat we'll have sort of like a heart rate or body stress monitor, which will affect things like our. I get the feeling it's going to ha- be kind of maybe a stamina thing or some um, acuity, like maybe you start losing the ability to aim and you you move much slower. Um, but they mm. also said that in reference to when you're running out of oxygen too. So if you if your suit runs out of power and you can't you run out of air, then you begin to asphyxiate and I think was the was the language. So I don't I'm know, hoping that they just make a grunting and pooping hotkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You start to black out, just oh. squirt out squirt out a big old poop and you'll be back in business. That's right. Then you gotta oh. respawn at your fleet carrier with a dirty diaper. Oh <laughs> dirty, dirty red luck. <laughs> Fantastic! I'm not I sure where we went off the rails, but but we're off them. <laughs> I like it's always because of something I said. <laughs> uh, okay. I didn't realize how um, crass I was till I hung out with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, right. it's a focus group. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, everybody check out the replay of the stream that went on today, Thursday, uh, the stream with Dr. K. Ross. It was great and a lot of fun. And I like it much better than uh, personally than QAs that are stuff like, do we have flashlights? And um, when when exactly does the credit for first footfall on the blah, 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 I'm asleep. Okay, don't care. So, sorry. Um, Who's asking anyway. these smart questions, flashlights? <laughs> flashlights. Jesus Christ. Um, do we have flashlights? No, it's going to be the first game in 20 years where you don't have a flashlight. Like, yeah, you just here. have to suffer it being dark. 
in a game where we already have lights everywhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is, are we good? Are we good with that? Everybody happy? I, Any yeah, other zingers you guys want to get in there? <laughs> I've, I've put them all out there. Okay. Okay, sweet. Um, the only other thing I have, and I'll, I'll definitely ask you guys if you have any other business you want to stick into the show here. Um, uh, in two days, uh, Saturday, the 20th of February, uh, the Flight Assist Podcast Season 2 is going to kick off with a launch party, and it's going to be live-streamed on Mal for the Winds Twitch. The link is in the show notes. It's starting at 1630 UTC. Um, that is that is 11.30 a.m. for me. I'm in Eastern Time in the States. Um, it's going to involve some podcasting. It's going to involve a bunch of uh, previous guests and some other stuff, and then some, some parties stuff later on. There's going to be canyon racing and SRVs and, and CQC and stuff like that. And You, might you were a previous guest, some, weren't you? Well, you, you might. You, somebody, somebody you all know might turn up. We'll see. All right. Um, anyway it should be a lot of fun Um, that's it for my news anything else you guys have I think we're ready for cheese oh boy oh cheese right cheese what are we going to do about a cheese with Chigna here Hmm. Kraft Singles an amazing cheese it is processed beyond belief you don't like it fuck you it's the best cheese (laughs) on the planet Ah, the minute he said, what about that cheese? I came unglued. (laughs) I was trying to hold it together. Uh, Well, you know, I I just like the idea of a person who's had a couple too many just going like, hey, you know what? (laughs) Fucking American cheese. Am I right? What are you, a Nazi? (laughs) The best. Get out of my face. And then he throws a punch at you. (laughs) God damn it. That was funny. I hope I hope Chig isn't too mad at me for playing that. Um, but anyway, that was classic Chig. That was great. <laughs> that was one of his most sobering moments from last week. <laughs> he, he put, you know, it's like when you're driving and you see the cops and you go, oh, oh. Well, but I don't know why I use that as an example. I don't drive drunk. <laughs> but anyway, Keep it together. Yeah, that's when you that's when you sober up when you see the fuzz. You go, ah. Oh. Anyway, when he hears about cheese, yeah. that's when he, he dries up like, oh, right. Swiss. This is serious. We're talking about cheese now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, okay. Well, hey. this turned out to be a great episode, I thought. I hope you all had fun. Thank you so yes. much for hanging out with me. Thank you. Uh, yes. Thank you. Uh, we'll, um, we'll see everybody next week. Until then, uh, fly loose and stay screwy. Or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Way to give up at the end. (laughs) Okay. Okay.